Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Welcome again, Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski, Mike Kapler with me. They call him the Cap, and we've got some Growing in Grace stuff to talk about. Growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and encouraging one another uh, in it and getting our roots grounded and, and rooted into the love and the grace of God. So here we are. Cap, how you doing this week? Uh, doing okay, Joel. You know, at the time of this recording, this, this past week, I, I barely had a voice, which is kind of a bummer because a, a lot of what I do at, at work sometimes is, is on the phone, not like radio, not talking that much, because you and I, for those who don't know us, we, we did radio for a lot of years, but I don't think I re- really remember losing my voice. I mean, when I get a cold or something, I get pretty congested, but it's almost as if the congestion sunk down somewhere because I didn't have a lot of nose blowing or sneezing and stuff going on, but I couldn't talk. And I, I think I'm still trying to get my voice back, so hopefully we can get through the, the, the podcast here today. Yeah, if you start breaking up, uh, I'll quit. No, I'll stop recording. I was, t- I was telling you the story. I, <laughs> the first day I had trouble... I didn't realize I was having trouble. My wife has had to work some 15-hour days, so I was home alone all day on a Saturday last week doing work around the house. wasn't really talking to anybody, and when I realized she was going to be real late again, I uh, decided to call up to order a pizza. <laughs> I, I couldn't pizza. Get, that was a struggle. They couldn't understand what I was saying, and but it's, it's the simple things in life that we take for granted <laughs> sometimes. True. <laughs> That's right. Like pizza. <laughs> yes. No, I, I never take that for granted. Sometimes exactly. I take God, I take God's grace for granted. I take my family for granted, but I never take pizza for granted. In your throat, in your voice, but yeah, pizza. We can't take and bacon. That that too. Now, do you do you put bacon on your pizza? Oh, I I love it that way. I mean, I you know, my sister used to either I think she was assistant manager at a Godfather's Pizza and. I first had their uh, bacon cheeseburger pizza years and years ago, and I just loved it. And anytime I can have that kind, I just, I'll just I love it. I love bacon on on just about anything. <laughs> well, let's get this program over with. I'm getting hungry now. Okay, I hear you. Even though I just had a big bowl of potato soup before we started here. Whoa! <laughs> but I hear bacon, and I get hungry. Well, it's <laughs> sin. We're, you know, we're just gonna be focused on sin because that's <laughs> because. It's the opposite of what it's the opposite of what the Bible tells us to do. So we're spending a lot of podcasts on it here, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and and you know the thing is, is that in the church, I mean, in my history in the church, and I know that a lot of people listening, their history in going to church services or being part of small groups or Bible studies or Sunday school or whatever, it seems like sin seems to be what everybody wants to talk about, you know, how bad we are and, and all the things that we need to change and, and all that stuff. And it's true, you know, there are things in our lives, everybody has stuff. Everybody has stuff in their lives that they want to change. There are things that you want to, uh, that you're doing that you don't want to do. There are things that you're not doing that you do want to do. And yeah, there is all that stuff, but it just seems like the church thinks that the whole reason for our existence is to talk about sin. <laughs> 
They, they will lead you to believe that that's the gospel. Yeah. And even what you said is exactly true. There are things that we want to see changed in our lives. But don't confuse that with the gospel because the gospel is not a gospel of change. It's a gospel of exchange. Right, exactly. And what we hope to do, at least today, and, and as we do our podcast every week, is to help to change the focus from a consciousness of sin to a consciousness of righteousness, because in Christ we have become the righteousness of God. That's what Paul says. You know, we've become the righteousness of God. Yeah, we fall short in some of the things that we do, but that's not to be our focus. Again, that's not to diminish those things that we want to change, but it's it's to say that, like we were talking about last week, if we keep our focus on all that stuff, it's just going to increase all the more. You focus on sin, and you think it's going to go away by focusing on it, but it just increases all the more. And so what we want to do is to encourage people to learn who they are in Christ, their true identity, new creation, partakers of the divine nature, and all these wonderful things that God has made us, and to grow from that point of view. We're seated in the heavenlies with Christ. We're seated there. That's where we live from, spiritually speaking. And if we can get our consciousness wrapped around that, we'll see some changes that could never come across through self-effort and through a focus on sin. All right. Last week we talked about why the law was given. God did not give the law to Moses and the commandments to try to reduce sin, but rather to increase it. And that is a mind blower for a lot of people out there who, who haven't really been exposed to the the good news, uh, to the grace of, of the, the pure gospel, understanding that the law, the commandments, was something that has been wiped out by Jesus Christ at the cross. We're no longer in relationship to it in any way, shape, or form. We never were as Gentiles, but even as believers, you know, some people want to try to draw, connect some dots between Gentiles and, and Jews and believers and the Israelites and all of that. We, we have no relationship with the law. It was given to actually put sin on the increase. And then here we read, Joel, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to talk about the consciousness of sins here. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, talking about animal sacrifices, they could never with these same sacrifices which they offered continually, year by year, they could not make those who approached with those sacrifices perfect, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins, but in those sacrifices, the, the animal sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, because it's not possible uh, that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Um, your thoughts on that, Joel? Yeah, that's the, you know that was the whole reason Jesus came, was to take away sins. And the blood of bulls and goats, those sacrifices that they did every year, they all that they did was to bring about a remembrance of sins. That's all that it could do. There's nothing that the law could do. The law showed us what sin was. The law counted, made it, the law made it so that sin was counted against us, but that's all that the law could do. All that the law could do was bring to memory what sin was. All that it could do is make sin increase. The blood of bulls and goats, that's all that it could do. But what Jesus Christ did 
was he took sin away. And, and I think it's important as we talk about this to talk about that word sin and how, you know, Paul and uh, even and even in the book of Hebrews, just how many times, you know, the, the, the two different definitions of the word sin, you got the noun form and you got the verb form. You know, Paul and the writer of Hebrews, here we go, you know, we're talking about how the church focuses on sin so much. Well, Paul and the writer of Hebrews may be the same person, but either way, focused on sin quite a bit, but here's the difference. And this is what's so important, and this really blew my mind when I really began to understand this, is that when Paul and the writer of Hebrews talked about sin, overwhelmingly, the amount of times that they brought up the word, they were talking about the sin condition, sin as a noun. Not the sins that we commit, but the sin condition that we all had. All Paul, I just looked it up. I'm looking at a lexicon, and it shows the different instances of the word, the noun form, and the verb form. Just real quickly, Paul used the noun form 55 times compared to 14 times the uh, verb form, you know, the actions. The book of Hebrews uses it 24 times compared to two. So anyway, what the writers are doing is they're talking about the sin problem and the solution, the condition of sin that people had and, and how God came to solve that problem. They weren't focused on all the sins that people were committing. That wasn't the gist of the message. That's not the gist of the message of the Bible, of the New Covenant. It points out the problem was sin, and it needed to be overcome, and the blood of Jesus did that. And then a few times, Paul does exhort the church in regards to their sinful behavior. But his overall message was a message of, your sin has been taken away. And so that's good news for all of us. Well, and it is kind of important to understand that, because... When you're talking about, when, you know, most people, when they hear the word sin or sins, they think of individual actions. Uh, but you're pointing out that there was a condition of sin, the noun version, that is often talked about, including with what we're talking about here and now, not necessarily the actions of each and every individual. But um, so that, that was, that's good stuff. But, you know, there's this consciousness of sins. Think about what, think about what was said here by the, the writer in Hebrews that if those old sacrifices, those animal sacrifices, if they would have worked, if they had done their job, if they would have permanently resolved sin, then number one, they wouldn't have been offered anymore. And number two, people would no longer have that, that consciousness of sins. They wouldn't even have to think about sin anymore because it would have been put away with. It would have been done. It, it would have been dealt with. And, of course, the Old Testament sacrifices could not do that. The one sacrifice of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, did do that. But, unfortunately, you go into church today and in our own lives, and what are people focused on? Trying to overcome sin, which is kind of what we talked about last week. And there are ways of being able to do this without having to uh, rely on your own abilities to do it. And so... This is, this is really good stuff. Now, Joel, I looked up the word consciousness here in the Greek, and, and it's in the soulish realm. It's in the emotions, the thoughts, the mind, the, the, the consciousness of anything, the soul as distinguishing between what is morally good and bad, prompting to do the former and shun the latter, commending one, condemning the other, the conscience. It's, uh, it's, it's always there kind of gnawing away at us. Have you ever seen one of those cartoons or a movie or TV show where an angel will pop up on somebody's <laughs> shoulder? On one mm -hmm. shoulder, the devil pops up on the other one, and they're trying to, you know, there's this battle going on in the mind. That, that should not be happening. 
Okay, exactly. but it happens figuratively speaking. It it happens all the time in the lives of people because they get caught up with their own consciousness of sin. But it, it's it's something that you see in one's mind is another uh, form of of that Greek word consciousness. And so we're here to encourage you that we no longer have to live in that place, but in the life of Christ where we we have received all sufficiency and forgiveness from every sin, past, present, future, and the, and the condition of sin that we inherited from Adam. Right, yeah, when Paul says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, a big part of that is to get that, con- is, you know, the renewing of the mind involves your consciousness, it, it involves your conscience, it involves getting yourself renewed to the truth that you no longer have to be focused on sin, that you no longer have to be focused on self-effort. You no longer have to be focused on what you can do to try to please God or what you can do to try to overcome sin because it's already been done. The work has been done. The, the gospel is the power of God. The, the gospel is the power of Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's our hope of glory is Christ in us, not us trying to overcome sin and so hopefully you know we we can begin to see a difference there the difference between you know knowing that yeah there's stuff in our lives that we want to overcome but knowing the difference of how to do that self-effort versus focusing on the finished work of jesus christ and how everything has already been accomplished for us this has been growing in grace with mike kapler and joel brzezinski Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.